Hey everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Spacebar. This is the podcast for you. That is if you're a musician, music director, uh, playback tech, worship leader, really anyone that uses Ableton Live on stage. If this is your first time, welcome. Uh, if this is not your first time, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Um, these podcasts are super fun. Every single episode is like a mini workshop, mini tutorial where we talk about something related to running tracks on stage. Today's episode is going to be fun. Uh, this is a question that uh, I honestly haven't gotten a lot recently. I did a podcast about a month ago with my buddy, David Santa Steven. Uh, I hope I said your last name right, David. It's a long last name. Um, uh, but I had a great time chatting with David. He asked me a question in that podcast, which I haven't heard in a while. I typically get this from folks in a church environment because this team seems to kind of already be settled uh, in a non-church environment. But the question is, who should run tracks in your band? What I mean by that is who is, is the actual person that's going to press spacebar, the actual person that's going to press play when it comes to tracks in your particular band. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Before I get to that, I have a favor to ask of you. If you're watching this video and you like it and you're watching on YouTube, uh, then please like the video. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the channel. That helps. Every single subscribe, every single like uh, just helps get the videos out there further. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor, leave us a rating, uh, and if possible, leave us a review. That helps to get this discovered. And then third thing, if you know someone that you think uh, would like this, that's a, a musician, music director, playback tech, worship leader, kind of into tech stuff, then share this podcast with them. Every single person helps. Every new listener helps uh, kind of grow, get the message out there, and I'm super thankful for all the support. So Let's dive into today. First, before I give you my suggestions, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening in a place where you can comment, which I think would just be YouTube, I would love to know, leave me a comment, let me know who runs tracks in your band. What specific instrument do they play? Maybe they're a vocalist, maybe they don't play an instrument. Who runs tracks in your band? Okay, so let's start at the top here. Uh, this may sound like um, a controversial thing to say, but give me a second and I'll explain it. But when you're trying to figure out who should run tracks in your band, number one tip I have for you is try to avoid the drummer. Now, I've got nothing against drummers. In fact, I, I, I like drummers. Uh, in every band I've ever been in, you know, I, I tend to relate the best with the drummer as a guitar player. Playing rhythm guitar, I love locking in with the drummer. They're the person I'm listening to the most, second to click and maybe third to myself. But um, I love drummers. I got nothing against drummers. But let's cut some slack for the drummers. For some reason out there in the world, if a drummer gets hired for a gig, what happens to them? Uh, the the uh, tour manager, um, uh, the maybe even music director comes over and just dumps a bag of gear on the drummer's riser and says, all right, you're going to run tracks for us, right? And the drummer gets stuck with it. I don't think the drummer is always the best option. And here's why. Their, their hands are full literally in the sense of they're playing a lot, they're moving a lot. So if something goes wrong, they don't always have the ability to reach over and try to fix it, right? Um, they're not always the best possible option for that. So try to avoid the drummer if possible. Let's cut them some slack. If a drummer shows up and gets hired for a gig, let's not automatically assume that they're going to be the ones running tracks. Now, number two, let me give you a, a tip, a pointer that I think will help you figure out who should be the person that runs tracks in your band. Number two, consider having the music director run tracks. Now, Will, what if the music director is a drummer? Okay, well, maybe that's a consideration we make, but consider having the music director on tracks. And here's why. If the music director is working with the artist in a church setting, if the music director is working with the worship leader, communicating with maybe multiple singers, um, they're going to be the one that receives kind of the command from uh, the, the artist. Uh, they're going to be the one that knows the material the best. So I think it makes the most sense in most scenarios that they're the ones that edits the tracks, that triggers the tracks, uh, that builds the set. So 
if you have a music director in your band, consider making the music director the one that runs tracks. Number three, um, let's say you don't have a music director. Let's say you decide we're not going to have the drummer do it. So how should we decide uh, to, to find someone to run tracks. Number three, find um, someone who's, or think about your band, who's the most technically capable person. Do not let the person with an AOL address, don't let the person with even a Hotmail address be the person to run tracks. Uh, if they just discovered eBay this past year and they're really excited about this brand new thing called MySpace, they're not the person that should be running tracks for you. You want someone who's technically capable. Uh, let's say you're in a cover band. Maybe your bass player does IT at a, a you know a Fortune 500 company. Uh, they may be a good person to do that because they're just used to, to working with technical things. They're they're used to uh, things breaking. We'll get to that in just a moment. They're used to to just like understanding that world. So they're going to be really comfortable, uh, really um, uh, okay with with figuring things out, with running stuff. They're not going to be afraid of a computer. Number four, when you're trying to consider and find who in your band should be running tracks for you, number four, um, ask the question, who's the best at troubleshooting? Um, again, maybe it's that most technically capable person. It's not the person with the AOL address. Uh, if you have someone that they just kind of lose their mind and freak out when something goes wrong, please do not let them be the person running tracks because it's very possible something will go wrong. Now, um, things often go wrong on stage with tracks because we haven't prepared. It's not like, you know, I see these, um, let me pick on worship leaders for a second because I feel like I can do that. I particularly see these worship-focused accounts that are always making fun of tracks going wrong, the click coming out of the house, things like that happening. And that has absolutely nothing to do with the tracks. What it has to do with is you not preparing, you waiting to the last minute, and you not treating Ableton Live like an instrument. Okay, rant over. Um, that has nothing to do with tracks itself. It's your lack of preparation that's causing problems. But that being said, anything in the technical field, anything that happens on stage, there's a possibility, there's a likelihood that something will go wrong. So don't let the person who's uh, emotionally a little on the edge, the person who gets stressed very easily, be the person in charge of tracks, right? Um, try to uh, avoid putting that person in charge of tracks if at all possible. Number five, um, another thing to consider, uh, another thing to think about when you're thinking about, okay, who should run tracks, who should be the person, is pick someone who has a strong musical ability, a musical sense about them. Um, now, if they're in the band, you're going, well, Will, we're talking about bands here. Uh, if it's someone in the band, then they should like they're going to have a musical sense, right? Well, maybe, maybe not because I've played with some guitar players. I've played with some bass players before that are really good at playing, but they don't necessarily understand music. They um, don't really think about this is in four, four time. And so when I go to make the edit, I'm just going to count one, two, three, four, and then go here and one, two, three, four and go here. Um, it doesn't have to be someone with a music degree, but it's got to be someone who understands rhythm, who understands song structure. I see this a lot, particularly in churches. Um, not because it's volunteers, but maybe you have someone come in that is is used to playing guitar at home, but they don't play guitar in a band a lot, and they don't understand song structure. You say, let's go to the bridge. They don't necessarily even know what the bridge is. Now, again, if you're listening to this as a playback tech someone out on the road, you're going like, well, duh, that's an obvious thing. Well, yes, maybe. But um, uh, pick someone that has a good musical sense. Maybe someone that's a producer. Uh, you know, maybe someone who has produced music before. The the person who writes songs in your band. Maybe that's a thing that you should consider. That that might be a good helpful thing. Uh, number six. Consider someone not in 
in the band. Now, this opens up tons of possibilities, particularly for those of you in a church context and setting. I really want you to think about this. Um, uh, consider someone that's not even on stage with you that's running an instrument because things can go wrong. Um, uh, you could be in a situation where you want to flow, you want to jump around in a song, you want to edit a song based on that set. Maybe it's a, a, a smaller set, maybe it's a bigger set, so you want to add stuff to it. If you have someone off stage that's functioning as a playback tech, that's functioning as a playback engineer, whatever you want to call it, uh, as long as they have a musical ability, as long as they um, have technical ability, they have the ability to troubleshoot, that could be a really great scenario for you. I see a lot of situations... This is more so at a larger scale where people have larger budgets, where they have a band of amazing musicians. Within the band, they have an amazing music director, but they still have someone else run tracks. And that's so that that person can treat tracks as an instrument. I said this earlier, I view Ableton Live as an instrument. Ableton Live is not a program that runs pre-recorded audio. Ableton Live is an instrument. And so I'm going to treat it with the respect. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to devote the time to learn it. I'm going to give it the preparation it deserves as if it was my guitar. I'm not going to show up without practicing. Well, I maybe would, but most of us would not show up uh, to rehearsal without practicing on guitar before. Uh, don't show up to rehearsal and suddenly start building your Ableton set. Like That's just so disrespectful. Uh, it's, it's, there's such a lack of preparation there, and I see that done so many times. Don't do that. But if you have a playback tech, it's possible the band can just focus on playing because a lot of times, and again, I'm going to not pick on drummers, but I'm going to pick on people that put drummers in charge of this. They often hire someone to be a drummer and they say, okay, you've got to dress the part. You've got to look the part. You've got to show emotion on stage. Um, you've got to be an a, amazing drummer. Uh, you've got to focus uh, it, it, you know, during the show on if there's going to be changes, if there's going to be tweaks. Oh, then also I need you to run tracks if something goes wrong. I need you to troubleshoot them. I need you to make edits to those tracks. I mean, I'm running out of fingers here of all the things we ask drummers to do. So consider a playback tech, right? Um, uh, consider someone that could be off stage running tracks as opposed to on stage and let the folks that are on stage focus on just being musicians, focus on the performance, focus on being in the moment. And finally, no matter who you choose, music director, person without AOL address, person good at troubleshooting, playback tech, whoever you choose, buy a MIDI controller that fits their scenario. If you're a drummer, um, consider a drum pad that you can use to trigger tracks with. If, if they put you in charge of tracks, consider a Roland SPD-SX that you could you know, play drums, cymbal swell, and you could just reach over with a drumstick as opposed to putting your drumsticks down and pressing play on a MIDI controller or reaching over with your feet on uh, using a MIDI uh, foot controller. Now, I know drummers that use MIDI foot controllers uh, because they keep their hands on the cymbals. They can do that. If that's comfortable for you and works for you, great. Um, if you're a guitar player, get a MIDI foot controller, check out a Looptimus, check out a Morningstar MC8, um, uh, check out a Keith McMillan soft step, even like get a MIDI foot controller that you can control with your feet and keep your hands free to continue playing. Uh, if you're a vocalist, uh, I've seen vocalists, particularly in a church setting that get a MIDI foot controller, they get a, um, and this in particular is a really great solution and suggestion, uh, get the uh, Oakboard Floor Vista that syncs with uh, Taz, uh, Light Taz Pro, Taz SP from Oaktone, because you could see your set list at your feet. And as a vocalist, you can you know have your mic, you can sing, and at your feet is your set list. You can control Ableton Live. You don't need a computer next to you. You don't need a giant you know honking MIDI controller uh, or drum pad controller next to you. You can control it all with your feet. So whoever runs tracks in um, your setup, 
in your scenario, consider buying them a MIDI controller that fits their scenario so they could stay focused on the moment, stay focused on the performance, stay focused on playing as opposed to breaking away um, and staring at their computer. And same thing, even if you're a playback tech and you're side of stage, consider the Oakboard Mini. That's like my favorite MIDI controller. It's very, very simple. Uh, it's very straightforward. Um, that could be a really great solution for running tracks. So that's just a couple tips and tricks on trying to figure out who should run tracks in your band. Again, let me know in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube, who runs tracks in your band. Maybe even let me know why. Uh, if you're a drummer running tracks, let me know why you as the drummer running tracks. And it may just be because they told me so, or they're paying me to run tracks and that's great and that's fantastic. Um, uh, but let me know who runs tracks in your scenario. Um, and again, thank you guys so much for watching this. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Uh, I love this podcast. I love the content. I love the feedback uh, that you guys are giving me from each week. Uh, again, as a reminder, do me a favor, leave a rating or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, please, please like and subscribe. Hit the bell icon so you're notified when I post new content because I post new content every single day, 10 a.m. Central. And if you want some resources to help you run tracks with more efficiency in a way that's stable and that's flexible, then head to fromstudiotostage.com slash free. We have tons of free resources available to you that will help you do what you do even better uh, and for free. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye.